Hello and welcome. This is Light on the Trail podcast. And to start things off, I wanted to get right into an awesome piece of scripture that I found. This is in John 8, 12. So Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen, right? Pretty fitting for this podcast, I thought. Uh, on this episode, I have a wonderful guest, Mr. Chris McWaters, the owner of Tejas Trails, the running company. He is a wealth of knowledge. You're going to love this. It's a fun thing to ponder on. I mean, it's so interesting when you look in the rearview mirror and you kind of look up and go, wow, how in the world is this my reality? And I feel so thankful to get to say that I'm doing something that I love to do. Alrighty, so here we are on Light on the Trail podcast. I am so graciously greeted and given the time with Mr. Chris McWaters, uh, the a race director. I would say the the head race director and owner, Tejas Trails. Yeah, that's a fair title. <laughs> head the honcho that gets uh, essentially all the emails and all the dirt all day. Yeah, the the funnest, <laughs> the the fun part. Uh, so what's like, get right into it. There's a little bit of your bio on, on your website. So if anyone is not familiar, um, well, probably if you're not familiar with Tejas Trails or if you haven't dug into it, like, like me or some people, there, there's a lot of good stuff on there, on your website and also like just good information for new people and runners and everything. Um, but what, how, how did you kind of get involved with Tejas Trails to where you are now or stepping back further as an athlete and coming up to that, were you first like a, a cyclist and then a runner or, or how, yeah. How was that progression? for you? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, originally I was a middle distance and distance runner, you know, all the way as a youth up through high school and college, um, ran at Oklahoma state. Um, so pretty much for the majority of my life, I was deeply engaged in the running community from more of the kind of competitive side. And then as I finished college with the torn hamstring, I started, uh, uh, before that I got into mountain biking, rock climbing, bouldering, uh, my buddies, I grew up in Oklahoma, so we would spend our uh, time going over to Arkansas to the Ozarks and, uh, you know, a lot of people give uh, Arkansas a hard, hard rap, which obviously it deserves in some regards, (laughs) friends, it's only fair. Um, but from there, though, we just I just fell in love with the outdoor uh, communities that I got to know. And um, and so kind of try not to jump around too much, but uh, make this make story without getting super long winded. Whenever I finished college, I was working in the sport of track and field. I was a meet director. We had a timing system, uh, a timing company where we auto timed everything from youth track meets to like, the state games to NCAA, NAIA, uh, Division One and Two, And so pretty much anything uh, in the sport of track and field I was touching. I traveled the Midwest officiating uh, collegiate meets. And so I was just loving it, right? And so really weird turn of events. I ended up getting asked to work at a summer camp out of nowhere by a friend of mine who was a camp director in Texas in Marble Falls. And uh, so again, long story, way short, I jumped ship, uh, jumped ship and moved to Texas and my buddies back home thought I was nuts. I didn't even know that people like worked at a camp, uh, you know, for a career. I thought it was all school teachers or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I roamed around and floated around and, uh, worked random jobs. So anyway, it was incredible life altering moment after life, life altering moment, but I had to give up race directing and, so now I'm in Texas, I'm in the hill country, and I'm uh, doing more mountain biking. I'm starting to do more trail running. And I got to know this place called Camp Eagle and the staff from Camp Eagle. And so long story, fast forwarded again, ended up getting offered a position there and became a camp director at Camp Eagle. So awesome. it's all directly tied into Teos Trails and trail running because through that time period, Camp Eagle is not a normal summer camp and retreat center. It's a pretty big operation. They have about seven, eight programs going on, but they uh, host a lot of different endurance competitions. So 
I got out there. The reason I got to know them is because I started to meet the staff who were doing like they were hosting the cyclocross state championships, a huge mountain bike festival, a climbing competition, you know, all these different things. Oh, wow. Totally new and, you know, exciting to me. And I was so I actually went out there just to go see what a cyclocross race was because I thought that'd be cool to race uh, that sport, try that out. And so, um, so yeah, a little, little bit of my uh, ADD personality uh, will come out through this story for sure. So <laughs> really from there, I just started uh, getting to know different parts of these uh, different sports and really fell in love with especially adventure racing. And when I took the position out there, they also said, hey, what great timing. We just got asked if we would uh, host an Xterra off-road triathlon, so oh. we need a race director. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's cool. I've never seen a triathlon before. I'll do it, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, so I became a summer camp director uh, over two programs, did a lot of the marketing and that side of it, but then also instantaneously uh, had to figure out how to become an Xterra race director. Um so that was awesome. So then I'm racing adventure races. I'm doing all kinds of different things, you know, different sports, trying them and uh, racing on my mountain bike for the first time ever, just loving all of it. Right. And each of the communities is similar, but also unique. And so uh, those moments, those short stories represent, I mean, like just hours and days out in the woods training and, and preparing for races and um, and so then, you know, got to starting the, the question of like, well, I'm over the idea of going faster and I don't want to do that pain tolerance work, you know, anymore. I'm, I don't want to touch a track. Right. Um, and so, you know, so then the only thing to try is to go longer. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Pretty standard issue story from there. So I actually first, the first ultra that I did was in the sport of adventure racing. Um, so people aren't too familiar with what that is. And it was kind of a foreign concept in a lot of the United States, but uh, the short version is, is, you know, you're going to be mountain biking, you know, you'll be on foot and you know, you'll be paddling something and, uh, uh, and then orienteering using a map and compass to find checkpoints. Out right, the right. right. So, so that really resulted in getting to do some really grand adventures. I got into the multi-race stuff and just really fell in love with, um, the challenge of going past a couple days into like three, five, even up to 10 day races. Um, that's a whole nother world. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's completely different dealing with that level of sleep deprivation and the hallucinations that are beyond, you know, like, cause that can't happen in a hundred miler, you know, but, but when you get to like 72 hours, 96 hours, you know, hundred hours, um, there's some pretty, pretty crazy stories that come from. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so that was really a a really beautiful part of my life. Those moments were, uh, really, a a a whole nother level of challenge and the training, you know, I was single and, you know, just living out in the middle of nowhere with all these really cool guys and gals that were pushing themselves and doing cool things. And I was learning from really great other athletes, but humble people too, like not, you know, not the, the crowd that I'd come from, like the road racing and track and field, you know, it's very type yeah, A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And now I'm with these people that are just like, yeah, let's just run for time. We don't have to, our, our distance, we don't have to, I mean, yeah, for time. I said that right the first time. We don't have to, it doesn't matter how far we go. Like, we'll just, we'll go for a two hour run and see where we end up. And it's like, that's cool. And they're like, <laughs> we're going to jump in the river if we pass a river, you know, it's like, so I just loved it. I fell in love with every bit of it and didn't look back. Um, and so then to get into kind of transition from the personal sports to the, um, to the business of. So I started a trail run out at Camp Eagle while I was there. So I ended up being there about eight and a half years total um, working out there, living out there. And so through that time, um, I guess it was about three years in, I uh, basically got asked if we could start a, a, tra- a straight trail running. So it's ironically the only sport that we really weren't hosting out there. Oh, wow. And, yeah, kind of random. I was like, that's the easiest one of all, you know, as far as. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was great. So launched one, 
and it was super cool made a really fun course and that place is very hilly very rocky for those that haven't been there it's where our uh, current race that i named the j and j uh and then we've hosted bandera and cactus rose out there when we've been rained out at hill country state natural area um uh-huh. so a handful of people have raced out there but for those that don't know it's very kind of hilly for texas it's a uh, got up to about uh 300 feet climbs, you know, so pretty substantial for these parts. And, but anyway, so throughout the years of, uh, the few years of putting that race on, the camps were kind of booming and we decided that it would be better for all the staff and the guest uh, experience if we basically weren't race directors anymore. And we were just basically the venue and the host of the event. So at that point I started reaching out and asking around, you know, who puts on the best trail races around just regular running races. And everyone was saying, Joe enjoys Crusaders, Teos trails, Joe enjoys Teos trails. And so I reached out to him and got to know him and uh, told him, Hey, I've got this really cool opportunity out here. No cash for this. It's not a sale. I just want someone to keep this going and make it bigger and better. And uh, if you're interested, it's all yours. So he kind of slept me off at first, you know, and (laughs) thought, you know, yeah, right, right. Like, how good could this be? It's out in the middle of nowhere, you know. And so finally made it out, and I'll do another fast-forward moment. He ended up loving it and put the uh, race as an official Teos Chels race. It's called the Nueces Chell Run because Camp Eagle's got the headwaters of the Nueces River. Okay. And uh, that was kind of that, and – so over those years, basically just got to be really close with them and they finally uh, were ready to retire. So now uh, I haven't thought about it in a while. It's just kind of survival pace. I, I mean, I might be about the same number of years now in ownership of Teos Trails as I was out of camp. So, yeah, cause I'm probably around eight years now into Teos Trails. So, um, so, yeah, they basically were just like, hey, we need someone to buy our company and we thought you're just about one of the only dumb enough people we can think of that might do it. And uh, <laughs> so now I'm married, got a little bitty. So we've got a little girl at this point in diapers, you know. And uh, so we thought about it, prayed about it, rolled out and said, we're going to do it and figure out the finances and made it happen and moved to try to move to Austin. We ended up in Round Rock, just north of Austin. And so we've uh, stayed in this area since then. We love it. But it's really cool. So we basically took over at that point and I think we when we bought the company we in essence took over eight and a half races um, there was kind of one that he had a friendship uh, with a, another guy that had kind of started together so they had to deal it they were going to code okay. it for three years so so basically nine races and uh, and now we're with uh, taking in the Captain Carl series and the Trivium that PJ owns and operates now uh, taking those underneath the Teos umbrella. I think we're, like I said, roughly about 20 events deep. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let me scratch off a couple of the questions I had on here. Because most of my, my little notes here are like, the idea is not to forget about, but um, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. That's a, that's exactly, you know, kind of what I wanted. That was a perfect little, little lines. And then like, yeah, and here we are. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's, you're kind of like, could where else would you be like right now right and and given having the kids and i have two kids as well or you said one or two sorry yeah i've got two yeah two okay uh, yeah i have children as well and it's um i've thought about that before like I wonder how much more training i could do if i was a single guy like if i should have got <laughs> if i if i would have got back into this 10 years ago and like man what could i be and i actually i found i haven't competed in any adventure racing but i from from looking into trail running, endurance running, all that kind of stuff. I come across adventure racing and that's, that's been pretty appealing because it's that, that same kind of attractiveness of that's ridiculous. I wonder if I could do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. That's, that's very people that, that can do adventure race or even triathlons, that kind of multi-sport mixture thing. And then with adventure races, you put in navigating and overnight and all that kind of camping stuff is like, that's so admirable. Um, Let's see, taken take from, from that. So, yeah, you've kind of been on in that kind of filled the whole time. Where, I mean, what else would you 
do you think you want to be doing or what was some previous goals you might, you, you kind of tried to put in line for yourself to be at this point in your life or what have you, you thought about that at all? Or? For sure. Yeah. It's a fun question. It's a fun thing to ponder on. I mean, it's so interesting when you look in the rear view mirror and you kind of look up and go, wow, how in the world is this my reality? And I feel so thankful to get to say that I'm doing something that I love to do because I know for sure that's not the common story. And a lot of people just have to, you know, make ends meet and job sucks and the daily grinds boring and all that. And obviously dealing with, you know, whatever the number is, 8,000 or so participants a year, I don't love every part of my job. I'm dealing with a lot of various humans. Um, <laughs> so everyone's not as awesome as you are, but, um, Appreciate it. <laughs> but you know what I mean though? It's, so it's not like it's all fun. It's, it's very hard. It's probably one of the hardest jobs as far as, you know, mentally and physically that I ever could have dreamed, dreamt up, but it's so rewarding. It's something that I, I just care about so deeply because I've seen what it does for people and I've seen what it does for me and what it has done for me in so many ways and what you kind of alluded to while ago, as far as just literally doing hard things and what comes of that effort and how that makes you a better person, a better, you know, family member, um, a better friend, a better worker. So I guess I really, I don't know. I, I definitely never intended on being a race director for my career. I didn't intend on being a camp director for almost a decade and, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know what else, you know, I set down the road of my degrees, marketing and advertising. So I've always felt like that'd be fun, you know, to, to be fully in that realm, but I am fully in that realm. That's basically, you know, I don't make a living if people don't find out about the events. So <laughs> right. Right. Got a team that, that I outsource the, the complicated stuff to thankfully but it's my degree has been doing good this day and age. Um, but <laughs> you know, that, that was more billboards and radio um, back then. But I'd say, you know, aside from maybe that literal route, I really can't imagine doing anything else. Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's kind of, yeah, fun to think about sometimes. And they're like, I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine anything else because that's how it worked out. And I guess there can be, some comfort in, in decisions that you've made and you thought, you know, like that was the right thing. And there's also those learning, learning moments when you look back and like, maybe you didn't do the right thing or what you're, you're, you know, at a point where you can grow from that and, and change and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, on a physical, on a physical aspect of just the, the kind of sports itself. Yeah. I'm a, a strong believer in people getting uncomfortable to like push yourself um, when you're talking about track, I, I never, I've always been more of like a runner. I never got in like with college and, and things like that until it got real serious. Um, but yeah, the, the feel of going from like track in like high school. And then a few years back, I was doing like competitive obstacle course racing. So not oh, necessarily, they have some, they're like long endurance almost esque, but that's yeah. not the, the kind of spirit of that to me. I want it to be like maybe four miles, like 20 or 30 obstacles. And it's just like hard, fast and, you know, and crazy. And um, that's definitely more of like a bump in shoulders, almost aggressive, uh, com competitive kind of field. And then getting into, you know, more and more endurance stuff. Uh, it's definitely more laid back. And it's like, let's just let's just cruise. Yeah, let's do an hour, see, you know, hour and a half or whatever. And let's let's find a new trail. And there's a different kind of you know, feel for all that in a, in a breed. So it's, it's really neat and really interesting. Um, but I think anyone should try, should try it for sure. Totally. Yeah. Totally with you. Awesome. Uh, as getting into with a race director and kind of you're talking about marketing, how does, um, how do you come across a new location or finding a, a new race? Um, mm -hmm. then I have another question. We can go to this one first about like, sponsors and stuff so i'm sure that's kind of like stuck together but do you think about a distance that you want in a type of race first or do you find yourself finding a location that would be neat or a new new piece of geography that no one's really ran around in yet and then building the race like towards that yeah that's a fun question too honestly it's kind of 
cool now because we've got a we've been around so long that you know people kind of send uh, ideas our way these days so a while ago i definitely would be hypersensitive to looking around and checking and trying to catch wind of you know something new and shiny but now we're we've got so many events in our desire you know uh we don't really want to just continuously add a bunch of races we're it seems i know people are like well, you've got so many you must be aggressive it's really like we've only added races that we care about and that are truly something special to us right it may not be you know the most grandiose scenery because here in central texas there's not <laughs> there's only so many places that are unique visually but but they either are important to us because of the scenery and the topography and they're interesting in that way and or they're uh, important to us because of the landowner or the people involved so because you know we work with texas parks and wildlife department for uh, several of our biggest races uh, and then some of our smaller ones as well but we also uh, are really good friends with several different other types of entities and so knowing some of those staff uh, at the higher level you know they'll reach out and say hey we're trying to gain attraction to this park of our system whether it's a you know, travis county park or LCRA or whatever the case is. And so we'll investigate and see if we can think of a way to make that, you know, kind of, and not oh, to sound okay. catchy, but, you know, yeah. worth our time. Um, and beyond that, I'll get calls from, and this is kind of the more normal, more common one, is I'll get calls from people with, like ranch owners fairly often and people wanting, you know, they'll say, hey, I've got this property and we're trying to not have to sell hunts all the time or trying to do something else or produce revenue. I heard what y'all do. Yeah, I don't run, but you know, are you interested? And so I've gotten a little bit more hesitant to go check those out because there's been a, a pretty consistent uh, deal where I'll drive out in the middle of nowhere and it'll be like a billion miles of uh, Jeep road. Yeah, right? okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not really trail, like proper trail. And I'm a little bit of a snob in the sense of, and I mean, also, I should say, because it's so many times where it can be so hot, even in the, you know, non-summer months, that if it's a Jeep road, I really don't get excited about it because it's just open to the sky. You're getting baked and uh, running along a fence line somewhere. It's just like, you know, and yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I'm really like a little bit more hesitant if it's not proper single track and uh, or primarily. So, but yeah, so that's kind of initially just fielding the call and kind of saying, Hey, is this something that's going to be like worth it for me to either ask more of my friends, uh, you know, PJ's race directing more and more for us, which is so awesome. And Dave Smithy with top out adventures, a good buddy of mine is coming on to do a little bit of race directing now as well, which is awesome. And so, you know, so I'm kind of like going, Hey, I'm either going to have to ask one of my buddies to throw in more time, or I'm going to be away from my family and so is that going to be worth it? And so we're getting, I'd say, like pickier and pickier about what we uh, allow ourselves to do, because I'm definitely like just. <laughs> well, that's nice. Tiny, you know? <laughs> yeah, to have to have the options, you know, where you are now, you know, you know what would be best or what y'all can use. There's no point to you having half your races all look the same. And it's like, oh, another yeah. open field on a Jeep road. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you, you can you know what you're doing, right? You're doing something right, obviously. So that that's yeah, that's thanks. smart. And it's good that they come to you. Uh, but right, you're, you to weed them out to come out to another place. I can only imagine like, oh, dang it. Like, yeah. There's a creek, but it's dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. There was water in it 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the couple of them that I'm really excited about now, ironically, because I do really prefer the gnarlier kind of more technical stuff but Teos Charles has that reputation and that's what a lot of what we're known for and so be well and, and also not due to me but because Joe and Joyce were really kind of one of the first uh, you know companies first people to produce strictly trail running events uh, in North America in the U.S. so there were more like just one-off you know mom and pop races or the handful of big mountain ultras and a couple here and there, some big major road ultras. But, you know, so they were really kind of unique in the sense they did nothing but trail. And so therefore, 
they got known for, and Teos Trails became known for the ultras. So a big strategy that I've had to do and, and have enjoyed doing is really making it where, try to make us known for sub-ultra stuff as well and try to make sure that people understand that this is totally safe. It's not as scary as, you know, going to an obstacle course race where you're going to be getting elbowed in the jaw <laughs> while you're, you know, crawling over something. And for those that aren't interested in, you know, or, or don't have the finances to invest in a bike and all the other gear for a multi-sport race. And so kind of just say like, hey, we're going to have these sub-ultra trail races that are in city limits or near city limits and they're accessible and they're relaxed and they're fun and still have the competitive edge to them where people can still come and race and know they're going to get to to go toe-to-toe with some fast people but where people can feel totally comfortable and uh, not stressed out about getting lost in the woods and they can trust that we're going to have it all safe and, and ready for them and so we're trying to project that image at the same time as not losing, you know, the hardcore, you know, that, yeah. the right. So it's very tricky because you can only, you know, communicate something so many times and, and people are going to tune you out. And so, so that's been a really fun thing, but also kind of goes into this answer as well. I see, Yeah. I see that as being a very like line to took. Cause now that I'm, you know, you get to a point in like more and more now I'm looking at like, you know, maybe what's the next longest thing I want to run or distance, you know, let's do that. And then there's some people where like they're, they haven't done a marathon yet. Right. So they're interested in like a 10 K or something like that, but they still want to go. If, if, if my wife could come and run a 10 K and I can run a marathon at the same location, you know, we can drive, you know, something like, like, that's great. And you can kind of involve all those spaces. And then I see having the, given the location, this is a good spot, but there's really not enough, you know, a uh, landscape out here to get more than a marathon or something else. So let's keep it, you know, sub like you're saying, and let's just really highlight this area over here and we'll, we'll do our hundred K and our hundred mile, like out here kind of thing and just kind of cover all your, all the bases, but in a smart way. Yeah. I bet that's, I bet that's tricky. Uh, what next with, um, and I, I ask it now cause I, I assume they would kind of bump into each other or come along with certain areas. Uh, how do you, what's the best way you come across like working with um, sponsors and things? Is it just like once you kind of get your year piled out and you kind of reach out to some new people or something and say, um, Hey, this is where we're going to be all these places, right? Put your name on this banner and get known and help support this. Or is there a, I'm sure once you kind of get established with some, you probably have some that you've worked with for a long time. Um, that's just something else I'm curious about as from a race director's point of view and it being kind of, again, probably pretty tricky. For sure. Yeah. And the, so the story's way different from just even the not so distant past because back not long ago, it was more like what you said, where you just kind of go out and cold call and just say, Hey, we're putting on this event. And I'll put your name on the banner or put your name on the right, shirt. Right. You know, So we got away from that a long time ago. And I think part of it is also trying to like, again, ride this thin line. That's really probably impossible, but, uh, but I, I try every day to do well with holding on to the old guard in the old ways while still trying to be a part of the, you know, lead into the future and the, and what trail running now has become and is becoming faster and faster and becoming a more, you know, uh, known sport in and of itself. And so, so I think part of the old ways was, like I said, as a race director of different types of sports, especially a road race, you know, you're kind of like trying to get a bunch of swag and you're trying to get a bunch of stuff. And I know I've even gotten knocked for this sometimes because people come from, you know, a road race or um, some other different type of setup. And they're kind of like, all I got was a shirt there was no bag of goodies uh, and, you know, and it really hit me like a while ago now. So I've kind of been this cranky old man for a while, even though I'm <laughs> only 42, um, but, but kind of been like, you know what? Like if you can afford the race entry, like you can probably go buy toothpicks. So I don't want a toothpick company <laughs> to be a sponsor and just load me up with a bunch of stuff. That's going to be pollution, you know? Yeah, no joke. Yeah. Right. So Kind of it's like taking care of nature. Part of it's just me being cranky, but <laughs> it's like, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't do swag bags. 
I don't like the race shirts with a bunch of logos on the back. So no one gets their logo on a shirt anymore unless they pay for the shirt. Um, you know, so, so part of it, so that therefore that kind of makes it a little tougher to have sponsorships, right? Cause I'm kind of pigeonholing myself. So thankfully we've been able to develop a pretty good package where our reach has gotten pretty good, uh, as far as this niche, uh, type of people that a lot of now outdoor companies are trying to get in front of. And so we we can offer some things in the new age of social media and, and, uh, communication, to people's inboxes and stuff through our mass emails and stuff like that. So that has value to a sponsor, but really sponsors as far as trying to get ones that have the budget to actually pay for a sponsorship cash. Those are really tough because you know, our biggest race is a thousand people and that's a huge trail race, but that's not that big for someone, you know, when you're trying to talk about the forking over big bucks. <laughs> so there has to be a lot of creativity these days for sure. And saying, here's, here's what I can give you for an ROI. Here's what I can offer you and make it fun for your staff when they're on site. And if you're going to be on site or, or take the, the onus off of you to have to do things and have to produce staff to be on site. And so really a big passion of mine with sponsors is in a lot of the major outdoor brands are, are doing this really well, better than me. And so I'm excited for some of these new partnerships like with Hoka, but really trying to utilize the, the storytelling component. And so we've got some really neat things that we're working out with Hoka right now and a couple other groups that I'm wanting to bring in. Um, that's, this is all kind of brand new. So I'm really excited about it, but basically just trying to really help the underserved communities, people that are notoriously right now, not uh, involved with trail running as much and really kind of trying to make some race entries and some gear accessible for them. And through that storytelling, hopefully inspire others. And then that kind of engagement of the message is I think really better than putting a, you know, a logo on a banner at the finish line when everyone's jacked up and yeah. and see the logo. <laughs> so that's kind a of great point in post race. Right. Nice. Yeah, that's a, and I think again, kind of with that, that crowd um, that I can, I like, you know, stuff is cool. We finish a race. It's like, all right, cool medal or shirt or anything. Um, I like that most of the shirts that I wear often are like, you know, racing shirts. Um, And my buddies, you know, mess with me about that. Like, oh, so you're a runner. Just that's all I wear. Uh, But it's, there's that side of it's fun, but there is the total side of just like, again, it's just like a natural almost primal thing. It's fun. We're outside, we're running, just do it. Um, I wouldn't complain if I got, you know, only just a, a little completion. One of, one of the, again, back to the, my OCR stuff, but there was a, a pretty big event I did called the grit games. And I got like a, a bracelet. It just gave you like a little rubber latex, like bracelet in it and like in a shirt or something else. And I was like, whatever, like, that's so cool. But <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, like you're saying, the storytelling side of it and, bringing in all different like avenues of people that may want to just dive in head first and be real competitive or ones that just want to be outside and, and complete the thing. Right. There's always that there, it's one thing to complete this crazy race in, you know, whatever, say five hours, but if 10 hours is the cutoff and the guy that stayed out there for nine hours and 55 minutes and still got it done, like, yeah. that's a whole nother respect. Like, that That's awesome too. Um, very cool. And I bet your, your marketing <laughs> definitely comes in, in handy on that side of the stuff. And that's kind of your, your, your ballpark. Uh, again, yeah. helpful, very, that's a whole nother side of, of stuff that people don't think about that. I was just, like I said, it's a, it's a neat realm that it's all, it's all a big thing. It's not just right. Throwing up flags down a trail and like, go. um, with, with the trail races coming up, so you've got, and this is what you've been working on, and, and again, thankfully, you've been communicating with me as best as you can, having no service, and then every when we every email I got from you, it went straight to my junk box, and I would go oh, to really? it, this, this is not junk, put it in inbox, okay, <laughs> and I would just have to check on my, check it again, and I'm like, there it is again, and I'd, it'd be like, oh, he sent this three hours ago, oh my gosh, <laughs> Uh, so it, it was trying to be difficult for sure, but we, here we are. Right. Um, right on. so the, yeah, yeah. the captain Carl's yeah, is right. Is this Saturday, uh, which is in yeah. just a few days you've been, 
putting that together. It's it's the last night race of the year for Dallas Trails. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. So full props to PJ. He has gotten his tail kicked this summer and handled it like a champ. This <laughs> just race after race because you know setup happens during the day. Like he'll mark. Like sometimes we do course mark at night and do night setup because you know for example. He just told me that he spent uh, for the last race. He kind of went more at night than he did at daytime because there's some intersections. You want to make sure that the um, confidence markers and everything that's full, you know, high grade reflective, were really in the right spot for headlamps uh, versus daytime because obviously 90% of the race is in the dark. Is it so? Yeah. Um, but what I was getting into saying is that on the flip side, you know, it's uh, I never really actually let myself think through the amount of time but for a solo setup so pj's doing a solo setup this week and uh he's psycho he declined my offer to help him yesterday um, but he said he was rolling rolling along uh doing pretty good but you know you're talking probably i mean a full day sun up to sundown every day monday or tuesday until race start and so whatever that comes to you know you got 70 hours 60 something hours in before the race even begins and that's been primarily in 100 degrees you know give or take and so that physical bit is uh is is no joke when we course mark you know you've got a chest you got a backpack a chest pack and usually an extra sling bag with all the caution tape and signage and everything that goes with it stakes you know 20 pounds so you're probably carrying at the oh, beginning it gets lighter through the day but you probably beginning with 40 something pounds on. And, uh, so you couple that with the humid and the heat and, um, it's been, it's been rough, but, but like I said, kudos props to PJ. He's been the man this summer. And, uh, so then from there, yeah, we're going to see, but I wouldn't doubt it if the, our, our mellow race, mellow trail run in September has been notorious for still holding on to that heat. So I might, uh, uh, we might still see it for, you know, the next one after Captain Carl's is over too. But, but yeah, for now, Reveille Peak Ranch, the hardest one of all to get set up, but also one of the coolest ones with that big granite dome out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's a, it's an awesome one. I, I, I was given my schedule. I, I'm not able to, but I was really, really looking into after, definitely after talking with him and, and I've looked at that, that race so many times, um, about doing it. And, uh, for it being this, you know, this one coming up, I thought, uh, but I won't, I won't be able to make it out there, but, uh, oh, right. yeah, it's, it, it looks awesome. Um, and is the, the revelry peak, is that where camp Eagle is? No different part of the, um, region, but, uh, the revelry peak ranch is in Burnett and okay. uh, camp Eagle where the J and J is that one's down uh, past kind of Kerrville Fredericksburg area. Okay. Uh, okay. Further, further South, but gotcha. Um, but yeah, Burnett, that area has got so much granite versus kind of the southwest has so much limestone. And uh, this feature, if anyone's ever been to like Enchanted Rock, basically this is kind of the next biggest. I always forget the oh. word. I'm thinking I'm going to like, I'm going to look it up so I'll sound smart one day. But something glyph, <laughs> but basically granite outcropping, like an exposed granite section. This is the second largest one of those next to E-Rock. And, uh, and so if you know what that looks like, it's just, it's a really unique feature, big, huge granite boulders and just big exposed granite dome up there. And then you get through that and you're back in these really pretty meadows down low. And when it rains, there's water, you know, through, through these kind of small Creek beds. And so you can hop over and keep your feet dry usually, but you get to enjoy the, you know, enjoy those scenes after you've been up getting your butt kicked in the high part. And, uh, it's just a really cool place, very unique uh, to the rest of the kind of places. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it, I bet it, like, again, that's why I looked into it a lot. And with the, the night race part is, is very appealing. And then the race itself and the history of it. Um, have you, and this is something I asked, I asked, uh, uh, PJ as well, or JP, I always say it backwards. That guy. Yeah, PJ, yeah. <laughs> PJ. Um, he's been called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have, have you, have you, or when's the last time you ran the captain Carl's? Oh man. Yeah. So that's, I mean, honestly, that's the one thing that I don't like about my job is I no longer get to race Teos Shells races. So that was my next question. Yeah. You get to uh, run a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I really, I, I got to think about the year, but it was a while ago. So that was back like when Stephen Moore lived around Austin and Thomas Orff. There was like these guys, Matt uh, from San Antonio. There's a handful of us that would just always show up to all of them and just battle royale. No one knew who was going to win, but everyone was just having fun together for the first, you know, 30K. And then the last 30K, it was like starting to look over your shoulder and starting to maybe even talk a little trash. So I really miss that. It was super fun. A lot of really cool uh, times that these guys just drug me along in survival mode. And and I was so fly by the seat of my pants back then. I remember like at one point, one of my, the first year I ran Captain Carl's. So please, everyone who's listening, take a lesson from me being a moron and don't do this. But I didn't, this is, I really shouldn't say this, but I'm like the guy who doesn't <laughs> read pre-race emails. Please don't be that guy. Race directors hate that. I know that now. Um, the, the info in the previous emails is actually important. So I didn't ever read them. I just show up and be like, point me in the right direction kind of thing. And so I did the first one. And then the second one I showed up for, because I was going to do all four of them, the 60K. And I ended up not taking my headlamp because I thought it was several smaller loops. So it turns out the second one was two bigger loops. So I was like halfway around the loop and the sun went down. And so <laughs> I ran a half a loop just trying to like snuggle up with the guy in front of me, you know, looking over his shoulder, trying not to hit my face on everything and uh, stealing his light and uh, just hating <laughs> my life for however many Ks that was. But anyway, yeah, so it's been a while and I have not got to um, – sorry, try that again. So it's been a while and I have not got to – do uh, a race since I took over. Um, so, oh, actually, that's not true. One time during COVID, when I was doing that crazy thing where we offered race starts every hour for two and a half days when we were right, trying right. to not go under, um, every there was like nobody was there. And uh, so it was, I forget, Friday afternoon or something, and I still had two hours that starts were allowed and everyone was off course. And clearly no one was going to show up. So I was like, guys, for the first time ever, I'm going to go do my own race because there's no one here. <laughs> so technically, I officially raced one race of Teostrels since uh, since we took over. <laughs> That's awesome. Taking advantage of a of a making lemonade out of lemons, sort of, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to uh, right, test it out. Like, let's see if, if yeah, uh, you are doing uh, a good job of putting these things out and all that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If I got lost, I knew people were screwed since I stepped the course. <laughs> So, Chris yeah. is still out there. Oh no! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they would have just let me. They would let me die out there. It's <laughs> more dinner for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, shucks. He's yeah. <laughs> uh, with with the events, um, and I, I we talked about this just for a second, but it being Captain Carl's, and you kind of mentioned with um, uh, Joe and Joyce. Is that correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joe and Joyce. Um, that the Captain Carl's is also like the longest running night trail series in North America. Right. Yeah. So quick story with that. That's really cool. So Brad and Nyla Quinn, uh, the Quinns started the first Captain Carl's race way back when, and it was in honor of Nyla's late father who had passed away at that time and Brad's father-in-law. So kind of a way to honor him. So they all called him Captain Carl. His name was Carl, but his friends and family called him Captain Carl. So so it started off with one race. Brad was a really good ultra runner, did a lot of really crazy things. Um, he actually ran uh, hundreds of marathons in a row. You have to look that story up. And uh, ran a marathon a day for a few hundred days without missing, while being a father of a few high school oh, age yeah. kids and two careers and a loving husband you know it's unreal but anyway that's for another day so anyway so he's no joke of a you know ultra runner handles his business and so he started doing the one race they decided to do a second one and just really fell in love with race directing and putting on the races so then it grew to three and then to four so they were friends with joe and joyce like before i came on the scene before i was around and so they kind of worked out a deal where joe and joyce would help them put on the races on site, but then they're still all Brad and Isla's races. Their company's called Traverse Running Behind the Scenes. And so, well, it wasn't behind the scenes back then. So that was the name of the company that was that 
put on the Captain Carl's races and then also the Hill Country Trivium. And so um, I guess it was about six or seven years back now, Brad and I decided that we would kind of join forces, so to speak, and we were going to bring our races together. And the way that we did it was through a licensing agreement. So basically the Captain Carl's and the Trivium are officially to the public Teos Trails races, but they're still uh, behind the scenes. Uh, all the minutia is on their shoulders and I and, and my crew basically promote them and do some of the back end pieces to the puzzle, some of the administrative tasks and some of that stuff. And so, okay. so yeah, really a great scenario and has worked out really well. So then not long ago, and you know, y'all may have gotten this with PJ, but then PJ took over those races, took ownership of them because Brad and his family decided to move back up North to be with their family. And so that resulted in now PJ is stuck with me for a long time is basically the short version from there. <laughs> gotcha. Very cool. Okay, man. Well, let's see here. I've got still a handful of some stuff. This has been, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Like awesome. Good, good, good diving into some things here and, and going forward. Uh, real quick, this is something that I thought was interesting. What is the Tejas Trails like crew events? Is that specifically for some people that work at Tejas or someone to come and learn how y'all do just that? Or what is that about? Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. So I'm really thankful that you went into it because I wouldn't have thought to bring it up otherwise. So what it is, is it's actually trail building and trail maintenance and picking up trash, um, kind of doing our part on existing trail systems. So it's really nothing with like race production or anything like that. It's strictly trail building and trail maintenance and trail cleanup. And so the way it kind of, the reason I gave it a name is because we've been doing it forever. Like that's just part of our DNA. And I mean, there's to speak in double or triple negatives. There's never not been a time that we weren't doing it, <laughs> but <laughs> we, but it was kind of this thing where I would basically get a call from a park or a ranch owner or whatever. Uh, so like an example is back when Hurricane Harvey hit and the Huntsville State Park was just hosed. They had tons of trees down, tons of erosion problems and bridges that got obliterated. So they hollered at me and said, hey, you know, we've got this gigantic need. We need all hands on deck. So I put out the APB. We had a ton of people show up. People like moved into the park. They set up camp and just stayed there and just helped for days on end. So we've always had a, a, a lot of amazing people that would like step up if a call went out and some of them were lower key where it's just like hey we have this section at this private ranch that we built the trails at and it's a tough section to mark i want to go make it better or there's a part that erodes every year i want to go make that turn wider and, and grade it better and uh whatever and and so then same thing just all the way out you know post on the Teos Trails private group or shoot it in an email and so anyone that can come, please come. And we'd always end up with like five to 20 people, you know, pretty, pretty good hit at each time um, for each day. So I, I haven't had it up there officially for too long, just last couple of years. But basically all I did is I just decided to make it like a formal thing. So that way, because I kept having people going like, dude, if I would have known about it, I would have come. It's like, well, I didn't uh, know right. yesterday. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so um, I'm making this up as we go, people. But um yeah, so that's pretty much it. In the and now we've tried to get ahead of it, tried to make sure that we had a couple things planned, but then still remain available. So we just got through with a huge push out at uh, Camp Eagle actually because there was some they needed to get some more trails built. So we were up there for four days, and then we're going to be at Hill Country State Natural Area for our next one, and that's a big one. That one's really important because we're going to be doing some stuff that's going to make. Uh, those trails be able to uh, absorb and handle more moisture. And so that's been a problem for a, uh, forever. And that's resulted in when new ownership or new management came in a few years ago, they started closing the park down for day users if it rained and uh, closing the trails down, I should say. So we're going to be able to help them fix up certain segments and make it where they can keep trails open more when rain hits, which will be great for day users of all kinds, equestrian, mountain bike, people on foot, people hiking, bird watching, backpacking, all of that. And it'll make it better for our race weekends. So uh, make it less likely that we'll have to, you know, use a backup plan. So 
really great stuff with that. And now actually kind of some of that sponsorship stuff, tie that all in. So just as of uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, basically since I got back from that last troubling trip, I had a meeting planned with Hoka and they got really excited about it. And they're actually going to throw in some free shoes to the first 50 people that sign up and come put in a full day out at natural area. Yeah. Like people can choose whichever shoe they want. We're going to get a coupon code for each person. So you can get the $275, you know, whichever ones you like. Yeah. Yeah. So, so man, it's, so the trail crew is something that I'm really passionate about and I've seen us really be able to save some parks next because you think about it, like Hill Country State Natural Area, I forget exactly, but I think they only have like six or seven full-time staff and it's a thousands of acres park with yeah. tons of stuff to keep up with. And so, so we can swoop in, make things like better for all user groups, benefit from it for the race weekend, makes it more fun, you know, more trails or more better put together trails or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and kind of leave them in a better spot and then just look for the next one and, and uh, go do it, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, way to go. That That's a really cool idea. And I, I love that embodying that side of it and then bringing people along too. And then you've got getting, it can sponsor for that and bringing it in and making it just like a, a super neat and important special event and not just for trail running. Like you said, it helps anyone else in those parks that are riding their horses or, you know, whatever, walking through or trying to do anything else. So it's just that it keeps kind of paying it forward for anyone else that, that wants to be outside like that. Um, super cool, man. That that's awesome, Chris. I'm glad you're, you're putting that together and doing what you're doing and everything. Um, yeah. Before we get off here, if somebody is, is so excited now and, and wants to get involved in that or join their next, you know, do their next big race with you, where, where can somebody either find you specifically or the best details and, and all that kind of good link stuff? Yeah, for sure. No, that's the thing. If anyone's interested in that trail building or trail work part of it in particular, they can shoot over the, there's a section for it. I made it look just like a regular race. So all of our races kind of have their own like square on the website, on the event page. Yeah. You can see the basic info. And so you can click on that and communicate through that, that, you know, you're interested or want to know some more details. And then from there, the best way to communicate with us is through fun at tejastrails.com if you're an emailer. But otherwise, uh, you know, my contact info and PJ's contact info is on there too. But obviously that that uh, fun email address gets covered by someone who's not out setting up courses and, and doing the on-site part. So it's more likely to get a, get a, a quicker response. But we definitely are big about community. And so we want to make ourselves available. And so all the info is on the website teostrails.com and then of course on we, we try to keep up with facebook and instagram as best as we can but as there's more forms of communication it gets a little bit dicey trying to do well with not leaving someone hanging on accident but but yeah tons and tons and tons of info on teostrails.com yes awesome dude that's that's wonderful again yeah and the website does look it, it's a a nice put together website and there's plenty of information of all kinds of stuff on there. So I'll definitely check it out. Um, Chris McWaters, thank you so much for giving the time here to kind of share your story and all this wealth of knowledge that you've given us, man. Bless you. Bless your family. I'll have a, hope everyone has a safe race this Saturday. I'll send some friends out there and y'all, you know, have fun and, and make new friends and everybody just be ready to push themselves and, and grow in that kind of area. So man, uh, thank you so much. hundred percent. No, thank you, Frank. Super appreciate it.